Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith with Tom and Tyler. This week, we have a topic that will help every Christian. It's about becoming overcomers, triumphing the obstacles, and the struggles we face in life. Let's be honest, life has a way of throwing curveballs at us. As believers, we desire to rise above sin and resist the temptations of this world. We want to walk circumspectly and righteously, reflecting the holiness of our Creator. We can all relate to the Apostle Paul's struggle, where we find ourselves doing the very things we shouldn't and failing to do the things we should. It's in these moments that we experience frustration in our Christian journey. Living a Christian life shouldn't be difficult. It should be a joyful and natural way of living. This week, Tyler will be our main teacher on this subject. He's going to guide us through this transformative discussion. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith with Tom and Tyler. Hope you had a great weekend worshiping in the house of the Lord. Folks, you're not going to get enough for your spiritual walk just by listening to Christian radio and Christian TV. In fact, be careful about that. If that's where all your spiritual nourishment is coming from, you might be susceptible to developing what I call milkshake theology. You hear from one broadcaster this and another one this, another one that, and then you start just developing your doctrine based on a hodgepodge of listening to this guy, that guy, and different people there. Not that all of it's wrong, but you know, you need to be under God God did not leave us with a Bible video or Bible you know, or just Bible radio or TV. He gave us a book. Mm-hmm. A book doesn't change. It's uh, it's unchanging. Some are trying to alter it, and they, we need to be guardians of that and to uh, keep that from happening there and get in a good Bible church under a pastor who's been charged. God has charged him with responsibility uh, to guide you, nurture you for, for, the, uh, for your growth, for your edification. And, you know, you're going to get some good instruction on the radio, and that's why we, you know, why we're here on radio. But don't just leave yourself to that. We're sharing with you the 15 Bible truths that will help you overcome. Sin destroys, sin, and the devil wants to destroy you. And God has given us the ability to become victors, overcomers. And the material that we're sharing with you this week, the 15 Bible truths, we covered seven of the Bible truths. If you miss them, you can go to our website, fortressoffaith.com, and click on the radio, the listen area, and find the shows that you missed. And you can do that with other shows that we've covered in the past as well. So, uh, Tyler, why, in your mind, why do you think this stuff's important? These are things that we deal with on a daily basis in life, right? So, those well, are... let, 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 let me ask my question better. I kind of left okay. you hanging there. Okay, you came to know the Lord about six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. And it was a 180 turn for you. Uh, share your testimony very quickly with our listeners, how you got saved, and the material that you're teaching is stuff that was taught to you mm-hmm. that helped you to overcome some of the addictions that you were in that, let's face it, the average adult in America today that's not saved, that's not following the Lord, they're into the stuff that you were into. Yeah. And yet you got victory over that. 
And these truths were taught to you early in your Christian walk. And so we've seen them make a dramatic change in your life. And it all came from God's Word. Mm -hmm. And and I like how this is laid out. I mean, they're just simple truths that um, we all— you know, probably as Christians have been saved for a long time, we'd all come and say, well, I know that, I agree with that. But to have this taught to us in a methodical way mm-hmm. is, a, is, is a huge help. That's why we're covering it here on Fortress of Faith. Again, tell us your testimony. Yeah, so, I mean, a brief testimony is I was, a, you know, I was an addict. I was living in sin most of my life that way. And, uh, man, I, God came and got me one day. I wasn't looking for him. Uh, I had a desire to read the Bible out of nowhere. I couldn't explain it at the time. Uh, but as time went on, God used a person in my life to help show me that he had something I didn't have. And, and, uh, and I got on my knees one day in my apartment all by myself and, and asked, uh, humbled myself for the first time in my life and, and asked Jesus to, to save me. And he did. And, and I, uh, I took all the alcohol and everything, poured it all out, and and chucked it, and God miraculously changed my life. And then I got plugged into a good church, uh, and that that church was running uh, hope classes, which is some of the material that we're going over right now. And so the way that these truths have have impacted me is number one, the first two will lead a person to get saved if they're not already. Uh, only God knows how to make life work, and God's Word is absolute truth when you really start getting into all the verses on there. Uh, but then the ones that come after that are things I continue to still deal with, right? And so they're, they're foundational principles and truths that I was ignorant of before, and God gave me understanding of them through His Word and through the hope classes that we have there. So, it, I mean, honestly, a big way that it helps me is it keeps my eyes open for things I need to be looking out for now that I'm saved and, and no longer uh, and addictions there. Did that answer your question? Sure. Well, I mean, the point that I want to make here is that, you know, getting into the Bible, that's how you got saved. You started, you know, you just wanted to find what does God have to say yeah. about life in general? My life is not working the way I want it to work. And, um, you know, is there hope through God's Word? And someone, and you got into church, and they helped you learn it and and discover it. And you got into this program, and these teachings there helped you overcome mm-hmm. those things. And and I'm here to tell you there that the power, God's Word is powerful. Yeah. It can change lives. It really can. All right, so we've covered uh, the first seven of them. And again, I don't want to rehash all this there, um, but uh, get, get us into number— uh, number eight, if you yeah. Will. Number eight is confession and repentance removes guilt and sin. So how important is it for us to confess and repent? Listen to this verse, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. That speaks to the level of importance. I don't know about you. I want to prosper, right? I want God to to give me mercy. And I'm going to give you one of the greatest examples. I love, 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 love the Psalms and David, and particularly uh, some of the imprecatory uh, prayers that you see in David. Those are the ones that, you know, David's basically in there saying, like, destroy this person, you know, chew him up, spit him out. And I mean, you, you when I first read that, I thought, good night. Why did, why did the Lord choose for this to be in his word? Now, think about that statement, though. God chose for that to be in his word. And I think one of the reasons is 
God just wants us to be real with him. And I used to not pray because I thought I needed to become spiritual first in order to uh, get to the throne of God and be worthy of prayer. That is not how the Bible teaches us to have a relationship with God. He wants you to, the Bible says that you're supposed to live uh, never ceasing to pray, right? So if that's the case, that I'm not always in the spiritual mood. I mean, I know Brother Wallace is, but Tyler's not always that way, right? <laughs> I, I have to, uh, I have times where I'm, I admit I'm, I'm in the flesh. Uh, but David, all through Psalms, man, he made some stupid mistakes. He he did some things that I would like to venture to say I will never do, right? With Uriah and and Bathsheba and those different things. But when when the Bible talks about David after he's gone, he doesn't mention all that stuff. He says he was a man after my own heart, right? And multiple times you see in the Old Testament after David's gone, God's still doing things, and it says, for David's sake, he's still doing all this stuff. That's an amazing, amazing truth. Uh, and I want to say this. This is something that I've struggled to, to get a grasp of the reality of. God has already chosen to forgive you. He's not waiting for you to repent and then deciding if, if you're sincere enough. God, God has already decided to forgive you if you repent. What an amazing truth that is. But, but true repentance um, is not the same as just not wanting to face the consequences. You've also seen in the Old Testament over and over and over again where, where Israel, the children of Israel, you know, turn their backs on God. God sells them into slavery and all these different things. And then God pulls them out of that when they repent. Eventually there, get, there comes a point where they do the exact same thing. They've done it like ten times. They, they ask God to, to take them out of slavery, and he doesn't. And I remember going to my pastor and saying, what was the difference between all the other times God took them out of slavery and now? He said the difference is they weren't truly repentant. They just didn't want to face the consequences. Now that's important to understand, right? So confession, repentance removes guilt and sin, but, but there has to be true repentance. It can't just be uh, that you don't want to face the consequences. And the number one thing that's going to keep a person from repenting is pride. Pride is your enemy. Humbleness is what is needed for us to draw nigh to the Savior, and he is the one who's going to help you with those things. I want to encourage you listeners, if you want to know a prayer of repentance, go to Psalms 51. This is the prayer that we have after David committed his sin with Bathsheba. In the introductory of all these psalms, it says, you know, the psalm to the chief musician, a psalm of David, psalm of Asaph. There's a bunch of different pre-recorded stuff before we actually get into the text of that psalm. That's important. That That's inspired. I mean, that's that's part of God's Word. Don't neglect those things. It helps give you some guidance as to, you know, where and when and how did this come about. And so we know Psalm 51 is when David is crying out to God about his sin. This is after the prophet Nathan says, thou art the man, you know, <laughs> you're, you're guilty. You're the one. And, and, um, and, you know, he's, he's been, been exposed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so what, one of the greatest Psalms is Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. And we see the, the crying of the repentant. This is contrition. And God revives the heart of the contrite ones. And, uh, and so a great psalm, Psalm 51. All right, um, introduce to us number nine. Number nine number is nine. A, be a believer does not have to be bound by sin. 
So we talked we talked we talked about the devil a little bit here today, and I want to continue to do so. He has some of the same tendencies. He likes to do the same things over and over because they work, and he's a master at using them, right? And so often one of the things he'll try to convince us of is that no one else will understand that your situation is unique to you. And the fact is that that's not true. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But he uses that to isolate you from those that love you and that can help you. And it's important to understand that he does that. We want to, we want to expose some of the tendencies that he has there. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren which means he's going to try to turn you against the authorities that God's placed in your life to be able to help you discern God's will and, and to, to do the things that God would have for you to do. The Bible calls him the father of lies, right? Everything he says you can expect to be untrue because he's the father of lies. That's what he does. And I want to say this. When someone gets saved, most people will say, you need to go read the book of John. And, and I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a, a good place to, to read. I like Proverbs as well, but one of the, I think the best place to read for a new born-again believer is the first three books of Ephesians. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it tells you that you already have victory in Jesus Christ. The first three books of Ephesians are telling you what you now are as a born-again Christian. You, you are redeemed, right? You, you, uh, I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's, there's literally so many of them. And if you read the first three books of Ephesians, you're, you're really going to get a grasp and an understanding of what it means to be a child of God. You, so you don't spend all your time trying to gain all these things that you already have. Does that make sense as a, as a born-again uh, believer there? Amen. So a believer does not have to be bound by sin. We don't have to be shackled. We can have freedom and victory. All right, we'll be back again tomorrow with more at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.